Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. I'm your host, Byron Reed, and alongside me is my co-host, Ken Rusty. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. So today we have a special guest on the show. For this week, we have Andrew from Juncture Media, and we're going to be interviewing him talking about Avaria v. Avaria Versus. Andrew, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. I got to un- unmute my mic there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just uh, recovering from launching the game. So actually sleeping for the first time. And I mean, let's call it let's call it years. Oh, um, man. So, yeah, uh, that, that's nice getting getting back to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, feeling good. Good, man. Good. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, it's finally good to talk to you again after meeting at MAGFest. Yeah. Back in January. It was really fun. I had a fun time playing the game and. I'm excited to talk to you about it more in detail today with the limits with the time that you have. So again, thank you for joining us. Of course. Yeah. Uh, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So the first uh, question I have for you is, uh, who uh, who are Junction Media, and what do you do with the company and the game? Sure. So I mean, Junction Media is technically just me. Um, it's it's the entity that I formed for uh, the production of the game. Okay. Um, and so, uh, but then Avaria versus the game, we we've had a, a, a lot of different people work on the game. Um, and my role is basically director producer. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. That's gotta be a, uh, uh, what, what, what all goes into that title as far as director and producer? Well, I mean, in, in our case, we're a virtual studio. So, you know, we, we have people who have worked on the game from all over the world. Um, and essentially what I'm trying to do is take this work from, all these different people, um, you know, put it together so that the game doesn't seem like Frankenstein, you know, like we've got the arm made over here and the head made over there. Um, It's got to all come together and and seem cohesive. So uh, that in addition to, you know, kind of like the marketing and the outreach, um, that's really what I'm up to. I mean, this was also created by me too. So, you know, the, the, the characters, the world and the battle system was also, you know, uh, originally created by me. Oh, okay. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. So, uh, what is Avaria versus for those who are unfamiliar with it? Sure. So Avaria versus is what we call ultra fast turn-based combat. Um, and so, we kind of describe it like old school Final Fantasy, but competitive PvP. So you have that sort of um, old school JRPG battle system that truly is turn-based, but now instead of fighting against the computer, you're fighting against other people that are controlling a party of of heroes. So there's 16 heroes uh, to choose from, and each of those heroes have two archetypes that they can be loaded out into. And so that provides for over 2,000 different parties you can build. So 
you know, when people think JRPG, they usually think about character customization, but in this game, it's about sort of team composition. Um, And we made that choice uh, for for PVP um, just so that matches, you know, could kind of happen faster. If somebody was sitting there and going into the deep stats and everything of of, of all their heroes, um, you know, we just wanted it to kind of feel like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, but JRPG. So you have these characters and they're just ready to go. That is fantastic. That that whole concept really, really intrigues me as someone who played it mad because really intrigued by the whole thing. So moving on a little bit here, how did the idea for Avaria versus start? It was just me playing the Final Fantasies as a kid and you know, you spending, you know, anywhere from forty to two hundred hours on this thing and you've you've got all these characters and all these awesome abilities and all these things and i'm not a huge pvp guy like you know i'm that's not i I actually prefer story games but for some reason yeah i mean like that's that's kind of my thing like but but when it came to jrpgs i just felt like why can't i take my party and battle against my friend i just felt like that would be something that would be really cool dropping these big abilities and spells and like doing all this stuff and and so that's really where it came from is me just wanting that as a kid and then realizing that nobody really made it i mean yes pokemon exists i'm not like living in a world where pokemon (laughs) doesn't exist but for me pokemon was never advanced enough it didn't have all the status effects and all the ultimate abilities and the mini games and the dexterity that that the jrpgs really took to be like a master at you know yeah, it's a totally different game, Pokemon, versus something like a Final Fantasy or any other JRPG. Yeah, it's just like you know, it's like it's like a J- it's like a JRPG light, you know. Um, right. And and there's nothing wrong with that. That's really fun. Sometimes you know you just kind of want to just play and not have to be you know dying over and over and over again and come you know figuring stuff out. So it's it's great, and and I have nothing against it. I just wanted something that really felt like it had the complexity of those old JRPG battle systems. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How long have you been working on on Avaria? On Avaria. Uh, oh my god, that's a, <laughs> it's kind of a ridiculous question. I mean, if you think about like from the moment I was like, okay, I want to make a game, right. That was like 2014, probably, (laughs) you know, and so then it's a very long process of many different things eventually leading to now. We've also done quite a bit of work on our story game as well. So we are making what, you know, people would probably think of as more of like a traditional JRPG as well. And it has the Varia characters and world. So along the way, since that beginning point now, you know, we now have put Verses out on Steam, and 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 the goal, the hope is that we can start working on the story game again uh, as soon as possible. Fantastic! And that was one of my questions for down the road was will I have a story? So, and it's my question. So, I know you said uh, JRPGs was sort of your inspiration for for making it, but were there any specific games in mind that you took inspiration from? I mean, I always tell people that this battle system is kind of like my interpretation of like, I mean the probably final fantasy seven through 10, you know, if you could take, and I know 10 is very different than seven, eight and nine, but those games in particular were, were like kind of the JRPG battle system that I think I referenced. Um, And, you know, so the first thing we did was, uh, was we wanted to remake the input system. So, you know, in old JRPGs, you've got this menu and you go to spells and then you have to go all the way down all these different pages and find the spell you want and then pick it. And then you do targeting, right? And so 
I w the first thing we wanted to do was make that system feel a lot more intuitive, snappier, quicker, um, more gamified. And so we first worked on the radial menu, which, you know, is, is a core component of the Avaria battle system. And that allows you to really, you can input, you know, three heroes actions in like less than three seconds if yeah, you're fast, you know, fast if you really want to take your time, if you want to go fast with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's things in the game. I mean, I don't this is getting a little off topic, but there's things in the game where how fast you input matters, you know? So, um, there's there's reasons for that being basically as fast as you can move, you know. Right, that makes sense. I mean, and I like you said, I imagine that those sorts of instances uh, increase the pace and the pace of the combat, and as is a reasoning for it. It's not like it's a typical JRPG sort of deal. Yeah, we wanted it to feel good. It's like you know, I remembered back in the day where the spells were. I remembered it was like you know, down one. Hit, hit X, then like page down three times, and then go <laughs> and then go down twice. So it was like it almost felt like a Mortal Kombat like finishing move, you know, like do, yeah. do, 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 boom, and then that was this spell, and and that's cool in its own way. But those games are always there. So if I want to play like that, I can go play those games. But we, you know, we just wanted it to feel sort of updated. Like I wanted to imagine if Square Enix kept making turn-based games you know, square soft back in the day. But if, if they kept making turn-based games, what would what would they have done to the menu? What would they have done to, like, update it? And that's kind of what I was trying to imagine. Right, you know? make it more modernized. Yeah. Almost. So I know you spoke about the characters. Uh, how many classes are going to be in the game? And will there be more later down the road? Well, there's four classes right now. So you have Ioni, Mana Soldier, Servo, and Mage. And so you sort of have Ionis are uh, kind of um, a little bit of a mixed character. They kind of do, they can do some damage, they can do some support. Uh, mages are sort of what they sound like. They're the big healers. Some of them can do some damage too, but, you know, they're, they're more like mana based. Um, servos are these, uh, this robot class that um you know is more about defense uh kind of like a sentinel sort of character you know and maybe the the old jrpgs and then you have mana soldier which is sort of like the most dps that you can find um so those are the four and, and in terms of the future i mean it all just really depends on response you know if if there's a if, if tons of people are playing and buying the game you know we will we will reinvest that into making the game you know grow and change um or at least that's part of the goal right right that makes sense uh reception is always a big part in how games develop and grow after release yeah you no know, if people are liking the game then that makes you as the developer oh yeah who like this let's give them more of it so that makes sense yeah to me. yeah so uh and i i know you said that there are mix and matches for uh heroes and classes um so I guess I guess the next question would be: uh, Are there are there specific heroes for each class, or is yeah? It so there's match? yeah. So right now with the launch, you know, with the launch of the game, there's four classes and there's four heroes per class. So you know, for a total of sixteen heroes, so you have four heroes from each of the classes. Um, okay. And and when you build a party, you can't duplicate any of the classes. So you can't have two mana soldiers or three mana soldiers. You always you can only bring one of each kind of uh, of each class. Right. So you're always going to leave one class behind. You know you can only bring three um, along. 
So there's always like different. There, there, that's that's a part of the part of the way that we help kind of mix up the team composition is that you know they don't always have all four of the same classes. Right, and team comp is going to be very important. Yeah, both of you not being able to have duplicates. Yep, and 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 you know the game when you play online and you know if you're playing in a tournament or whatever, um, it's blind pick, so you don't know what party oh, you're like going to be going up against. So part of the reason. We chose that is because then it forces you to sort of build a balanced party, you know, in a way, because you don't know who your opponent's going to be. You don't know if you're going to need, do you need a dispel? Um, do you, you know, do you need like two characters with resurrect, three characters with resurrect? Do you only right. need one? And so you have to kind of make that choice of how risky you're willing to go, maybe towards a totally a DPS build or like complete like heal thing. You always, you, you, you know, you might be safer to be somewhere in the middle and sort of make sure you have your toolkit, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. And it's a high risk, high reward scenario in that situation too. Because if you go in with a heavy DPS build and you don't have a healer, and if your opponent has maybe even one healer, that yep. can be a huge difference in a fight. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's um, that's all part of the the team comp uh, situation there. So, what can you tell us about the story? And you said there's going to be a story part of it. What can you tell us about that so far? Um, in terms of plot or gameplay, or um, I guess both. If you want to, if you want to go into both. Well, plot is easier to talk about because, you know, gameplay could vastly change, you know, right. once once we start working on it again. Um, I, I'll i just touch on gameplay really quick. You know, sure. there's a couple things like we're, we aren't going to have grinding, for example. That's something that we don't want in the game. Um, it's going to be, you know, a relatively short story, but um, highly polished. You know, we, we don't, we're all getting older and you know, playing a game for 80 hours is just sounds kind of impossible to me at, at this <laughs> yeah. point. So, you know, we hope that kind of providing a really condensed sort of awesome experience, maybe one to three hours, you know, like not very long, but uh, hopefully with some kind of replayability, some kind of, you know, like maybe competitive or boss boss run mode or something as well. Um we hope that that's what people want nowadays, like something they could buy on a Sunday and actually like pick it up and play it and beat it and be like, wow, that was awesome. Um, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what we're going for in terms of, of terms of gameplay. But the story is essentially, you know, it takes place on Avaria and in Avaria, there's two races. There's the Ioni and the Hume. Um, and they've been Ioni are immortal. Uh, hmm. They they can't feel uh, or sorry, they can't procreate. They all come out of the planet, actually. There's a place on the planet oh. where, where these eggs uh, sprout, and it's the only place on the planet where this happens. Every once in a while, an egg sprouts, and later you're going to get an Ioni. Now, they're immortal. They can die from physical violence, but they're never going to die from growing old. Um, but if an Ioni feels any emotion whatsoever, uh, they turn into a Hume. Uh, they oh. go through this process where they morph into a Hume. They lose their mortality, um, but then they basically become a human. And the humes have access to magic, and magic is a resource within the planet. So you've got these kind of Ionis, these earth creatures, like kind of um, meditative, um, you know, spiritual beings. Uh, and then you have the Hume, which are sort of these kind of more carnal and, uh, you know, seeking pleasure and those kind of things uh, over here, but they're mortal. Um, 
humans can procreate too. So there's generations of humans that did right. not just directly change from, from an Eoni, but that's where they came from. So basically they've been living in harmony for thousands of years. And the story picks up right at the beginning of a political movement that really wants the Humes to have more control in government. The Eoni have essentially been running the planet since the beginning of time because they're immortal, they have more wisdom, it just seems right. obvious. But all of a sudden, this this fringe Hume political group kind of comes out of nowhere and is like, hey, we want to be represented in the government and this kind of thing, and it's, it starts a conflict. And this story is going to start right at the beginning of that conflict. I'm intrigued already. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like it. I, I'm a sucker for a good story. So, you know, whether it's one hour, three hours, six hours, you know, I'm down. Yeah. I mean, this, it's funny because I actually wrote, you know, like, let's call it Avaria One. I actually wrote pretty much that whole game, and that's here. But once we started getting into the production of everything, I realized, like, that is, that's insane. I can never <laughs> tell a story that that's long. So, um, we're talking about Avaria Ghost of the Immortal. That's the story game. That's actually a prequel to to Avaria One, which is like over here. So it actually takes place like like five thousand years before Avaria One. Because I realized that I'm gonna have to do something a lot more bite sized first before we get into this like sixty hour JRPG, which like right, Avaria, yeah. you know, Avaria One would be if, if we ever get to make it. Right. So it's a little prelude uh into yeah, hopefully, okay, you know, right. we'll, we'll make, you know, we just we just put out Versus, <laughs> you know, it's my first game, so it's like getting number one out the door was very important. Right. Now now the, the, the hope is that we can turn back to Ghost of the Immortal, which is this little prequel event that really sets up the tone for how the world is thousands of years later. It's a very important event in the history. Um, so that's what we're going to show. And the heroes that are in Avaria Versus are the heroes that are all part of the story here in um, Ghosts of the Immortal. Okay, so there will be some familiarity between the heroes. That's good. Yeah, you'll see them. Uh, some of the, some of the um, heroes are NPCs in the story, and some of them are playable characters. Um, but they're all playable in Versus, you know. Got you. Right. Okay. Okay. So, microtransactions. <laughs> we know yeah. we know how big a part they are in modern day games, and you know that whole thing. But will they be a part of the experience? And if so, how are you going to implement those? But right now, there's absolutely no plan to have any microtransactions in the game. I mean, we made it. We had to make a big choice to to go free to play or to go premium um, a long time ago. And for many reasons, um, we decided to go premium. So when you buy the game, you get everything that there's going to be in it. If we do updates to it, you're going to get those updates. If we, you know, add new heroes, those are going to be part of the base game. So that's the plan right now. And that's um, sort of a selling point for us is that, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, we don't like microtransactions. Um, I think, let me put it this way. If, if there ever was going to be microtransactions, they would be cosmetic only, and they would not have any effect to gameplay at all. Um, but right now, there's no plans to even do that. But I don't want to say we would never do that because if the, right. you know if if the game does get more popular um, and we get to consoles and now we've got this larger player base, if 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 that was there, you know, the option for like skins that you could buy would you know I don't want to rule that out. But that's not built into the 
game. We haven't built any of those systems. It's not a real plan, you know? Gotcha. Okay. And and again, it goes back to the whole demand sort of deal, you know? If people really like the content of the game and they want to support you further, then if you decide, hey, let's make some skins or whatever, then, you know, yeah. Hey, why not? That would be that. I mean, the thing is, I mean, usually for multiplayer games, I mean, the rule of thumb is you go free to play. Right. So, you know, we're really like breaking a rule by doing that. I have no idea if it's going to work out for us. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a terrible idea. You know, time will tell. We'll see. But we feel like it's an experience that doesn't really exist right now. Um, and we as a, as a small studio, we don't have the ability to put out content every week and make you want right. to come back to a free to play game like we can't have like loot boxes and oh like weekend events and this and this and that we just can't support that so you know it was also just from a production standpoint is unrealistic for us to make a free to play game so that's another reason why it also ended up as a you know as a premium game you know gotcha okay okay so uh i remember at magfest there was a little tournament that you guys had there for the game so esports have seen a rise in recent years with you know the Overwatch, Overwatch League, you know Rainbow Six Siege stuff. Uh, how do you see this game fitting into the esports competitive scene? Well, that's exactly what we're trying to do with the game is right. fit it in there. So this last weekend we just hosted uh, the first Avaria versus Invitational, and that was had a five thousand dollar prize pool. Um, and so we invited players from all over the world. We had players from China, Korea. Thailand, United States, Europe, Canada, um, all over. And they competed all weekend for, um, the, for the prize. And so that's really what we are doing. I mean, that's essentially what the game is to us is, is, a, is a competitive experience. And like I said, it's funny because for me, you know, I'm not a huge competitive player. Like, I mean, I've, I've played them all. Know, I've done shooters that and and but I've never gotten so into it that I'm like oh my god this is my thing but here I am yeah. the first game is a competitive game <laughs> but but the thing is is I just think that there's there's a group of players out there that have maybe also never been into competitive games but are like man I'm a wizard at these nerdy JRPGs and <laughs> maybe my skills would actually now translate into a competitive scene. And that's, that's what I hope people right. re realize about it, that, you know, that's kind of what you can do. You can take these skills that have always been a PVE skill. And for once there could be a PVP skill too. And you know what? It's so funny you say that because I was like that with uh, Gwent in Witcher 3. I absolutely adored the concept of that, of that mini game. I'm not a big like card collector game kind of person, but I liked it enough, and I was like, you know what they should do? They should make a card game where you can play with other people. And yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah. They did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes it just – sometimes it, it's, it's you know, it's fun to be to – be, to play PvP, even if that's not your thing. And I hope that people see that. And there's lots of people that will, you know, that ask about the story right away. They're like, well, where's the story? And, like, what's all this? Um you know, that's why we really want to get Ghost of the Immortal out, because right. I think when that happens, there will also be people playing this that will then now realize, like, oh, and there's this versus game, you know, that's over here that we can, like, I just beat the story. I'm really good at the battle system now. Like, I want to try this. Yeah, and it's it's another way to get players um, to try out the story. And then, oh, like you said, I like this. So let's take it the other direction. And yeah, and go to you know multiplayer, which is really cool. Yeah. Lawnmower is on the side of me. I don't know if you can hear it or not. But it's oh, I can't hard. hear it very 
very well. Your mic must be doing a good job, so that's good. Yeah. It must be because like, oh man, anyway. it's summertime again. You know, the, yeah. the smell, the smell of cut grass. I'm not, I'm not mad about it right now after <laughs> you know, the winter. Not. Winter's been painful, but so we you mentioned Final Fantasy earlier. Uh, me personally, I really only got into Final Fantasy here recently. The first one that I ever played was, I think it was 13, the one with mm-hmm. lightning in it, mm-hmm. and that one, that one was pretty good. 13 uh, has an amazing battle system, and absolutely, I love the battle system yeah. of 13. I think it's super fun. The story is absolutely unfollowable, in my opinion, <laughs> but... I really, I could, I would play that. I think I got the, whatever the Xbox equivalent of, is, is of a platinum trophy. Um, I definitely got like a hundred percent on that game on, on Xbox because I enjoyed the battle system so much. We actually, the archetype system from that, you know, kind sort of was inspiring us with this team comp idea. You know, I right. mean, it's, there's so many different things like, and I don't even remember the inspirations anymore until you bring up a game like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, I had that cool <laughs> archetype system. And that's what kind of inspired us to make Avaria versus about team comp instead of, you know, hero customization. Because if I remember correctly, you know, you, you would put the, the, the different classes together in different combinations and then you would like unlock the, yeah, mm-hmm. the archetype and then it would be like you know like whatever so we definitely uh we definitely pulled something from from that battle system yeah and i i also enjoyed uh 15 one was noctis and the boys that yeah that one's where we're gonna have to differ because I, <laughs> I couldn't stand that one just coming not that i needed another turn-based game right you know because I, I realized final fantasy isn't gonna make you know more turn-based games i understand that if you want if you want them, go back to the old ones. And yeah. that's that's what I, you know, I get that. Uh, they have to, their catalog has to grow and change and evolve, you know, over mm-hmm. time. Um, but man, 15 just seemed, seemed to, the gameplay was too easy for me. Um, this, the world was just too real. It just seemed like people <laughs> with like Southern real, accents yeah. and Brooklyn accents. And like, <laughs> I was like, what? What is this? Like, is this trying to be like a sim but it's like Final Fan, like so. I just, for me, it just didn't hit, didn't check any of the boxes that I wanted. But the graphics are absolutely incredible, and yeah, it looks these amazing. kind of, yeah, these are kind of things. But like that's that's another reason why I'm like making my own JRPG type games because I'm like, well, that's what they're making now, so I'm gonna make the hopefully the modern style of this, this turn-based genre. Right. So, so with all of, with all that being said, what is your favorite Final Fantasy game? Uh. It's always a big discussion. I'm going to say nine. Um, nine is probably my favorite, and it's a very, very close race. You okay. know? But if I have to choose, I'm going to say nine. Okay, because I think most people would say, like, what's it, seven, the one with uh, Cloud? Yeah, everybody says seven, and I love seven, too. It's just, for me, tech matters, and right. PlayStation, you know, PlayStation tech just wasn't quite there yet. And so when it moved on to PlayStation 2 and 9 was the last one, or sorry, sorry, yeah, 9 was the last one on PlayStation 1. So they had really mastered how to pull everything out of that system by the time they got to 9. Like, it was probably one of the most advanced, like, technological games that ever came out on PS1, in my opinion, with the graphical execution and everything. So I just think, that matters to me. So not that the story is better or, or, or worse or whatever, but if I have to choose between seven, eight, and nine, nine finally hit this point where they really maxed out the PlayStation one. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Ken, I, I'm sure we had this discussion before, but Ken, what's your favorite Final Fantasy game? Oh, it's seven for sure. <laughs> it's seven. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why it's seven is because if you look at 
what seven does, you'll be like playing in Midgar, and then all of a sudden you're in a racing simulator, and you're like the mini yeah. games in it, and so yep. it breaks up that monotony that yep. none of the other games really do afterwards. Like all the yeah. other games are straight JRPGs, but seven, you have like a strategic uh, submarine game that you have to do. There's a snowboarding the, mini game. You have the defending the the condor, like yeah. Fort Condor and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so it, it that's why I like it is because it breaks up that monotony. It's like so many different games uh, in one. Yeah. Um, no, I. Yeah. It's a it's a huge achievement that game. I mean, that's it's it's like absolutely insane. Like having you know now just made the first game. Like when I play big games like that that have all those features and all this stuff, I'm like, how do they <laughs> do this? Like how like I mean, they do it with millions and millions of dollars and hundreds of people all around the globe who are absolute professionals. That's how they do it. But I mean, still, like there's somebody behind it who is like overseeing all that, and somehow it comes together. That's why me. You know, kind of on the production side of things and just super impressed by the just the sheer fact that like humans could put something like that together you know right yeah exactly exactly and mine probably 13 just because first one i ever played so you know yeah no i mean that, that's a big thing the first one you play is a big thing um the, and th i mean 13 is really good like the if they it, they just had it's just so many proper nouns they're like the fallacy and the this thing and this and like who's yeah. this person and that like so many story elements, so many proper nouns thrown at you, like like yeah. right away that you're just supposed to like. Yeah, it's like reading. It'd be like watching Game of Thrones, like in the last season. You're just supposed to know who all these people are. It's like, well, I don't get it. You wouldn't understand yeah. it at all, you know. So that that's what I felt like in that game. But right. man, the battle system is so much fun. Uh, people complained that it was scripted too because you know in the old final fantasies it used to be like you did explore and you'd wander into battles and people were like oh 13 um was too too much of an a tunnel i liked that and actually you know without you know it's not confirmed or whatever but that's probably how um ghost of the immortal will be will be you know these you're going to be pretty much on a on a certain path of battles there'll be choices between them but it's not going to be a huge open world thing you know right yeah, and I also never actually beat the game, but from what little I played of it, I definitely enjoyed. Yeah, that was cool. I like to joke that ninety percent of the problems in Final Fantasy thirteen would be fixed if they just went with more generic things like angels and gods instead of yeah. fallacies and lusies and <laughs> yeah, you know all that exactly. Stuff. They they basically took those those like those story elements and then just gave them really fancy names that nobody could remember or really understand. No, I I I agree hundred percent. Yeah, I can tell you though. Because uh, I went back and replayed it, finally beat it. All of the story is in the data log. <laughs> oh, it is. And so you miss, like, the first time I played it, I ignored the data log. And I couldn't follow the game. I didn't understand what was going on. Um, when I replayed it, I went into the data log. And everything started to make sense. Yeah. And no, I it does. And they... And they show you in the loading screen, right? Like when, yeah. when you start a new chapter, it's like, you know, they have this thing to read. I guess for me, it was a lazy way to tell the story that I was kind of like, well, cause usually in a game like data logs like that are totally optional. There's something you right. can collect. You can read if you really get into a story. But for me, if I'm not getting the major plot points, like by just playing the game, I feel like it's not designed well, but yeah, you're totally right. They all, it is all there. And I remember looking at that and being like, well, it's here, but I'm not going to just turn on a game and start reading for 20 minutes before I start playing, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm that way too though. So Getting on to the, the final question that we have for you, 
this uh, afternoon would be uh, what platforms is Avaria versus releasing on? And well, I know you said the game's already out, but uh, oh, is yeah. it on Steam? Well, yes, it's, a, it's on Steam right now. Uh, you can get it for PC or Mac uh, on Steam. And there's no other platforms announced, but, you know, fingers crossed we'll 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 see what happens and you know you guys are obviously in the community and stuff so you'll you'll hear right away if if there's going to be anything else yeah exactly great thank okay. you very much so yep. my question though the various story mode um yep. do you have a projected release date for that we don't have do not have a projected release date um you know we it took us way longer to make verses than we even thought it would you know so there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces that need to be put together uh we want to find some partners to work with we have to raise some money um and so once all those pieces start coming together then we will probably make a plan and then whatever the plan is it's going to take four times longer than the plan so you know right now i don't i don't know (laughs) It's, right. a, it's ASAP. I mean, I want it out now. We've put a lot of work into it already. Like, there's a ton of stuff sitting there that we're. It's going to be like rediscovering it when we finally go back to work <laughs> on it. I'm like, oh man, we already made all these like encounters and levels and all this dialogue is in there because it's all in. There's a ton of stuff in there, so it's going to be almost like relearning what the work we did that we put pause on about a year and a half ago to just make sure we could finish verses. Um, so hopefully there's more there than I even remember, and I do remember there being quite a bit there, you know. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we're done though, right? That was the last question we had for. Him. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was it. All right. So with that being said, we are out of here. Thank you all so so much for tuning in to episode eighty three of the R and R Gaming Podcast. Once again, we are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. Before we get out of here, though, round of plugs, Andrew, go. Thanks. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, it was fun. I can always I can always run my mouth about the game. So, uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity, and uh, hope to see you guys. You know, in the Discord and, and online. And if you know you ever want to play against me sometime, if uh, if I'm around, uh, just DM me and let's uh, let's play, and I'll I'll show you what's up. Most definitely, for sure, for sure. Where can they find you and find out more about the game? Uh, I mean, you can go right to our website, which is the hub for everything, avariaverses.com, A-V-A-R-I-A-V-S.com. And you can. we also have a verified Discord, so you can just type in discord.gg slash avaria which is A-V-A-R-I-A. So, you know, we're usually, there's usually somebody active in the Discord that can answer questions about the battle system or whatever's going on. So, yeah, hope to see you guys there. All right, sounds good. And uh, Ken, they can find the podcast. uh, Where, my friend? Yeah, so this podcast is available on the Google Play Store. We're on the iTunes Podcast Store. And you can find us on the CastBox app or castbox.fm. So uh, any device, whether computer or iPhone or Android, whatever, we're available for your ear holes. Great. Yeah, and while you're over there on the other respective places and Twitter and that sort of stuff, be sure to follow both me and Ken on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at bron1417. That's b underscore ron1417. You can follow Ken on Twitter at macrobov. That's m-a-c-r-o-b-o-v. Does Avaria Vs have a Twitter? Yep, and it's a it's a Varia versus so A V A R I A V S. 
All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. And I did, I did the podcast plug. So that's going to do it, you guys. Thank you all so cool. much. I appreciate it. And so once again, guys, thank you all so, so much for tuning in. It's much appreciated. They got to come back next week, though. Andrew, tell them why. Because everyone could use more R&R. Thank you.